0: Welcome to Tilth Talk Radio. Today we've got a special episode for you. We're bringing in a special guest, Kevin Jark. He's the Crops, Soils, and Horticulture Agent Extension Agent for Outagamie County here in Wisconsin. So we're going to have some discussion with him. We'll talk about a little bit about his background and what he does. And then later on we're going to hit him with some rapid-fire questions to see... If, what kind of knowledge we can pick from his extensive brain. So for the first time, our special guest episode, let's hit the new music, Todd. All right, here he is, Kevin Jarrick, crops, soils, and horticulture agent from Outagamee
1: County. How you doing, Kevin?
2: Woo! Woo
1: Wow, appreciate it. Thanks, Matt, and <laughs> thanks to Tilt Agronomy for having me here today. All right, and
0: as well as Kevin, we've got myself, Matt Brueger, Bill Schomburg. Hey, guys. And Todd Schomburg. Hey, all the tilties out there. So uh, we're trying a little different format this time. We're just going to do this whole episode will be with a guest, not our normal segments. And uh, so let's start out with a little bit of background. Kevin, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, the nice thing about working here in Northeast Wisconsin is uh, I am a product of it. Growing up in Shawano County on a dairy farm like so many other people. From there, I attended the University of Wisconsin River Falls, earned a bachelor's degree in agricultural education, and taught here at Seymour Community High School for four years. Really enjoyed that time here. Um, From that, I got to know people in the Extension. Was it only
3: four years, Kevin?
1: Yes. Holy
3: man, I thought it was longer.
1: 95 to 99. I thought, Yeah. That's nostalgia setting yep. in, Todd. Yeah. <laughs> I get to high
3: school right after that, so you had to just leave. Is that the deal? He saw what? you coming, yeah,
1: Todd. He's yeah, like, I'm just, out of uh, here. Only done. one Schomburg. You, yeah, yes. you can only take I'm one Schomburg. Going. Bill set the tone, and after that, only a year with Bill, I thought, man, I got to right. make a plan here. I'm out.
2: So then what after so, after you left?
1: Yep, Uh, I think the nice, the the best way to frame it up is uh, if you quit something, you never want to have anything to do with it again. That was never the case. I had uh, partnered with John Beasy in the Extension Office. We did tractor safety sessions up at uh, the high school. And so, um, any good ag teacher uh, knows that when it comes to county fair and other things, you want those relationships. And so, the opportunity uh, was presented. I was reached out to, and the story's funny. They needed to have at least three candidates to offer the county as far as a pick. They had to. They had an individual. They thought they were going to hire, and I just put my name in as a- You were
3: I'll just have, the third wheel, Kev?
1: I literally was the third <laughs> wheel. I was told, if you apply, you can help them complete the process. It's like the Cinderella
3: and, story right there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, like the 16th <laughs> seed the beating, 16th, the, yes. beating right. the number one or right. two. So, it does happen. It does. It was going to happen this year, I yeah, think, right?
3: It was. It would have.
1: Yep. (laughs) So uh, from there, I think we all know what happened. I uh, went through the process, and uh, to my surprise, they offered uh, me the position. So for the last 20 years, I've been here. 20 years. Dang. That's a long time
0: (laughs) in the same job and still liking it?
1: Oh, yeah. I think the nice thing about Extension is uh, that all I have to do is get out of bed, tell the truth, and help people. That's a pretty simple formula, and as long as you stick to it, yeah, there is no perfect job, but it provides a person with some contentment and fulfillment.
2: Yeah. Cool. There's a lot that goes behind that, uh, tell the truth, right? I mean, but if you tell the truth, it's, it's easy job.
1: Yeah. Uh, I just came from being down in Madison and to my surprise, I had a, uh, peer, uh, come up to me and say, you t- said something one time to me and I, I still use it to this day. The only way to fix a problem is to tell the truth. First role of a leader is to define reality. If you can identify what the problem is and have an open and honest conversation about it, you can probably find a resolution. We've got two ears versus one mouth oh. for a reason. <laughs> they really should be used in that proportion. <laughs> that, that much. That's, it's <laughs> great advice, Kevin.
0: Uh, dark 2020? <laughs> 2024. 20, uh, 20, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Right, well, he's a little late now. All right. 2024.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't have that Bloomberg money. He can, can't, just, can't like, just drop in. And, can't
1: just in and out. He's, he's I don't think that worked, worked either. I'm no, not sure. No, it's it, it probably not. not a good. Yeah, as a public employee, I really need to be careful about <laughs> uh, um, being unbiased. So we'll, we'll steer clear of that. <laughs>
0: Right. So when would you say your passion for agriculture started?
1: Oh, I think just like so many other people, uh, when you grow up on a farm, uh, there are chores that you really don't mind doing, and there are other things that, uh, yeah, if I'm not here and that gets done, it's okay. So um, people are generally either uh, tied to the animals or they, they enjoy the machinery and the crops, and uh, I was the latter with that, so I uh, always enjoyed uh, spending time in the field and uh, accepting the challenge of trying to beat mother nature to put up the best quality feed and forage. And uh, that stuff uh, was important, as you guys well know.
2: My job was the straw mow, Kevin. I hated the straw mow. What was wrong with the straw mow? You didn't
0: want to pitch straw down the hole? It
2: wasn't the pitching part. It was the dusty. We had to chop
3: paper with it too, like a paper bedding. That stuff was, but then you got to read the paper. (laughs) <laughs> like it was old, like yeah. years old papers, so you weren't really catching up on stuff, but <laughs> it
1: was interesting.
3: Kevin, what was yours? What was your job that you, you didn't like? Bale, uh, bale hay or?
1: No, no. I think uh, the. Feeding calves? Uh, building fence. Oh, yeah? Anybody who uh, uh, has grown up on a farm has heard, get up. The heifers are out yep. in the middle of the night. Oh, yeah. They're on the road. Somebody's going to hit them. And all that meant was, all right, the agenda for t- the tomorrow teams. is already set. Yeah. We're going to be walking the fence line and uh, patching.
2: There was so. legitimately two things that would get my dad stark out of bed. And one was the cows are out, and the other is the barn's on fire. <laughs> those
0: are, anything else,
2: he's out. But those two things, boom, he's, he's going.
0: Well, hopefully the cows getting out happened more often than the barn. <laughs> yes, the the barn has never
2: been on fire.
1: Yes, yeah, I've never experienced the latter, so I think uh, it, once you put things in perspective, the heifer is on the road. Uh, uh, you would take that over uh, some of the other alternatives.
0: So, going from agriculture into teaching, where, where, why? Why the teaching side of agriculture? What made you decide to do that first?
1: I think uh, like many individuals who will be, be listening, you start your career in 4-H as far as uh, being becoming involved in programs there. And then it's a natural progression once you get into uh, middle school and then high school with FFA. And I, ha- I was fortunate to have a really good FFA advisor, and uh, I enjoyed agriculture. And I knew there was opportunities and a need to have people who... Uh, would be the next generation that would be teaching and uh, doing outreach, sharing information in the egg industry. As the largest industry in Wisconsin, there's always going to be a need for good people, uh, and there will always be positions available for those who are um, hardworking. They enjoy developing their knowledge mm-hmm. base through professional development or other things. Those types of people are always employable. All right. So
0: do you think it was your experience with the Golden Apple that – made you decide i think it's time to leave teaching i've, I've peaked. You've peaked yeah I've peaked
3: <laughs> yeah kevin earned the golden apple award which is a, a quite prestigious award in especially in the teaching community um and that was pretty cool that you did that yeah was that was that probably your top moment in teaching or 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 is that is getting the award not the top part it's the stuff before
1: that It's funny you ask that because uh, Brett Favre, when he and Reggie White won the Super Bowl, they they asked him afterwards about his feelings and uh, uh, he reflected on the fact that, you know what, it makes you think about all the hard work and sacrifice that – it took to get here. You don't sit there and say, wow, this is the most incredible thing ever. You think of what's associated with it. So no, I was very fortunate in my time here at Seymour Community High School. And I've said this to people over the years who it surprises me how many people still ask, so which job do you like better? (laughs) Was it teaching high school (laughs) school or is it this one here? Here's here's how I can sum it up. I think I never had more fun doing a job than I did when I was up here at Seymour. And part of the reason for that is I had just graduated four years earlier from Bondwell High School. And I knew the things that I wish we would have done in class or had, had the opportunity to participate in. And so um, knowing those things, Landing in a place like uh, Seymour, I had people that were donating bison meat. As far as uh, the animal science class, so we cooked those burgers, consumed them. Uh, good thing I taught in the '90s because maybe now with some of the rules and regulations, <laughs> we couldn't do some of that. But as far as the golden apple, that was that was great. I think it's it's important or special to me because of the fact that it came from a student who actually asked others for help submitting the the application so once i think what what that reminded me was as long as people can see you're working hard and trying uh whether you get recognition or not it's the the act behind that and honestly it it wasn't a high point it was just reinforcement that okay what you're doing right now is good double down on it. I think the, the things I'm most proud of are the fact that I have former students who have gone to earn, earn PhDs and are, are now extension specialists out on the other side of the, uh, the country out West. And, um, we had students who they said, I don't plan to go to college. Here's what I want to do. What, sh- what should I do? I ran into some of those former students. They did what I said, and it's very satisfying to, to know that, uh, advice I had provided was helpful.
3: Great. I like that the golden apple is the Lombardi trophy of of <laughs> teaching you. That's, that's that's good there to bring go. in Reg and, and Brett. So
2: it wouldn't be Kevin if he didn't work
3: mm-hmm. Yeah, we got to angle in somewhere
1: if right. If you're not careful we're gonna start talking packers sounds... and we're gonna we're gonna not get into uh, some of the <laughs> other uh, things we want to oh, maybe address. That's we'll, coming. We'll, we'll get there yeah.
2: <laughs> that's coming <laughs> so for sure. So so you're, you're out four years of, of high school. You do your four years at River Falls, and then you fall into this situation in Seymour where we've had uh, two egg teachers in three years, and then you're in, and it's your first year, and who would you say was your first uh, your first year of teaching? Who was your favorite student?
1: Boy. You, you I, don't have
2: to name names, but I might guess. take a guess on that one. Yeah,
1: you know, I, I guess there's this family that... Uh, um, saw this young guy come in and uh, saw him working there and uh, knew that uh, maybe there there was a worth, it would be worth something to invest a little time, you know, not that I would name anybody in particular, but I do remember uh, watching a Packers uh, um, preseason game, I believe it was against the Indianapolis Colts, and sitting, sitting at that student's kitchen table with the rest of the family going over uh, what we could do as far as some proficiency awards and other things. So, um, no, I uh, <laughs> uh, don 't know uh what what else to uh say about that that uh, other than I think I fell into a perfect set of circumstances I think that uh, uh, you can work as hard as you want, but if others don't uh, see the same uh, desire or want to move things in the same direction, perhaps uh, those opportunities are lost so Seymour is always going to be special to me be because of the time that I spent up here it 's not the length of time; it was the quality of time
2: well if you reflect back to twenty years i mean where that program was, the three years before you came kevin we we weren 't doing much you know we did the fruit sale and some other things and all of a sudden this young guy comes in and no one knows what's going on he's and uh you know we got the senior class and a couple of juniors in that class and about as all, all as I really can remember is the hug video, but that's all right <laughs> Kevin's always up at the uh up at the office talking to the principal about um vice principal at the time right about yep. getting this greenhouse going and he's he's looking to the future so um, frankly. Weaver, his, his least of his worries was the senior class. It was the freshman he was putting all the time into, which in reality was the right that's thing That's like to do. a coach switching, right? Yeah. yeah. It was Bo Ryan out and the new guy in, and yeah, he doesn't care about you guys
3: probably. No,
1: <laughs> <laughs> no I, I, it, it's the truth, and I think I said it. Uh, I didn't hide it, and the idea was, yeah, uh, the person before me came late and left uh, early, and so uh, being the third person in three three-year time span, I certainly knew there was work to do. A funny, funny comment. Uh, I did my student teaching at Freedom High School, and as the semester rolled along after teaching, going through student teaching, January, February, March, April, it's May, they're like, well, have you got any leads, or do you know where you're going to go? And uh, when, I, when I told them that I had applied here, one of the staff members immediately broke out or just spontaneously said with everybody else there, why would you want to go to Seymour? <laughs> So and then she went on to uh, say, "I hear they teach teach students how to tie knots in class. That's they what do. they're doing. They do, and I, I that's I, I where want... I learned
2: how to tie my tie, Kevin. Right? Yeah. You
1: you beat me to you it, Bill. Yeah. See that uh, I was going to say. I I learned how to tie a tie by being a member of the FFA. So I guess uh, all that points out too, is that if you have somebody who doesn't have perspective or uh, knowledge, especially an egg, we see this all the time. They look at that and they can take that and construe it as a negative, whereas you and I arrived at the same point. Hey, that's, that's when I actually realized you might have to dress up some days. Uh, and uh, this, this thing called a tie might be a part of that attire. Life skill. Egg, yep. there you go. Good yeah. knot might save your life. You never know. Yes. So, so we were doing adulting long before <laughs> adulting <laughs> <Yeah>. became <laughs> a millennial term. <laughs> so it's always existed, just not been given uh, uh, the same proper attention, apparently. What would you say is the most rewarding part of your job, Kevin? Seeing others succeed when they come asking for help. I mean, the idea is that I have an office, I have a phone, I have email, I have text, and mm-hmm. my job is to basically provide support or assistance to others when they have something that isn't going right. Or they're at a point where it's time to make a decision, whether it's with their farm operation, partnerships, family, what acquiring new equipment, land, resources, what direction to go in. And I think the, the thing that I've shared with people over the years, and it's so true. It was more important for me to grow up on a farm than it was to have a master's degree. And let me explain. I need, I'm glad I have a master's degree because the job I do with the university is different than what I did as a high school teacher. And I need that master's degree degree to be able to sit in the same room with the PhDs and be able to look at a statistical analysis or assist and be a part of a conversation when it comes to laying out those plots. However, Everything in agriculture is cyclical, and uh, it seems that the ability to draw on past experience or say, yep, I remember doing this, or I can say, this is something that we tried, here's what worked here, here's what hasn't, and apply that to uh, how quickly agriculture has changed as far as technology and resources and inputs and costs and just it's Far more complex to be in agriculture nowadays because the margins are so paper thin.
2: So you're telling me the moldboard plow is coming back? <laughs> Cyclical. <laughs>
1: there, I tell you what. Uh, there, there was an orange tractor, and we'll get to that maybe later. Yes. That pulled a uh, three bottom uh, uh, plow, and you're you're. I tell you what, there's still those who will tip the soil over and it's for or till the soil, even if it's not a, uh, a moldboard plow for disease suppression. Sure. So so you know what we can't just look at something and say it's bad or uh, we did everything wrong. it almost seems not just in, in crops but in life you you look at decisions and you have to weigh, all right, do the benefits outweigh the, the risks or the uh, side effects?
0: Yeah, I think we saw that with uh, our last podcast, we talked about weeds and ways to control them. And we saw that with hemp too. Guys were moldboarding once to bury the seed even deeper in mm-hmm. other states to keep the that away. So, yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Kevin. There are uses for all those old tools. Maybe not don't do it every year, but right. there might be a time when it so, would so makes sense. So you're
1: saying agriculture is cyclical. <laughs> those, yes. Yep. They, nope. It, it's making sense. It's Everything still has a purpose it just may need to be used at the right time in the right proportion
0: that's right all right so let's flip that what's the most difficult part of your job
1: (laughs) Uh, here here's what was neat about teaching at Seymour High School as the instructor I decided what the notes were gonna be I wrote the tests and therefore I was the smartest person in the room, but because we only talked about what I thought was important to uh, <laughs> present to to the students, and then they were tested on how well they retained that knowledge. My first day on the job at the University of Wisconsin Extension in Ogheny County, the phone rings, and it's somebody asking questions about nutrient management. Then the phone rings again and it's somebody who has a Question or concern is about weeds in their horse pasture. Then the phone rings again, and it's a homeowner who has trouble with their tomatoes. So the difference between teaching in a classroom versus the job I engage in now, the hardest part is, well, you introduced me as crop soils and horticulture agent. That must by default mean I am an expert (laughs) in Everything. everything. crop, soils, crop and soils, and horticulture. And I have yet to meet a person who is an expert in all of horticulture or an expert in all of uh, crops and an expert in all of soils. There's a reason you can earn a PhD in soils. There's a reason you can earn a, a PhD in horticulture because the topics are so deep. So the, the challenge, it's a good challenge because if the phone wasn't ringing or people weren't reaching out, um, that may signal that you know university extension isn't a trusted source of information or resource the the problem is there's just fewer of us available to cover all the programmatic needs out there so that's that's the most challenging part
2: okay so there's no key you know you had a key at seymour high school you don't have a key now right a key to the test
1: right i think that uh uh, here's a great example and and i've told people especially some of the the uh, newer folks who've come on that it's okay to say, I don't know, but you have to follow it up with, I will find out. Yep, right. And so I think that we live in a day and age where, where there's information available. All people have to do is Google it. Yeah, but hold on. So we just got done with 2019 here, and uh, we had a lot of crops that were still in the field. I had a farmer call and say, I've got 65 acres of third crop alfalfa laying in the field. It's got five inches of snow on it. Could you tell me how much uh, moisture that is no is gonna add? snow is going to have? How s- much this, was it? This yeah, is going to well. surprise you, but when I Googled snowfall on top of cut alfalfa and asked Google to tell me how much of a moisture change it would make, Google didn't like me. It didn't yeah, give Google me anything. Didn't just tell you? It didn't tell uh, me what it was, and so it's wow, uh, amazing, right? But I, we have homeowners and others who find things on Google all the time, and uh, some of that isn't always credible information. Here, it's an absence of information. So, um, back to to something um, you mentioned, Matt. One of the things I really like about my job, it's not just me sharing information and answers; it's creating it. And so, what we did is we went out in the field, took a hay fork, pitched the the windrow over, turned it on its side, put it in a plastic bag, ran it through the chopper, and took a sample with the the snow on it. Then we took a sample where we had knocked all the snow off. And so the answer is 17%. (laughs) There There you go. Ding, ding, ding. If you guess
2: 17%, you win. (laughs) How much? There was
3: five inches of snow? How many? Right. And it varied. But let's just say
1: it wasn't. A dusting, it was sure, it was, it was substantial. Yeah. And, and the reason that was important is because the alfalfa, as it laid there at 53%, that's a little drier than what we might want to go in an uh, upright silo. But obviously adding 17 points to that, 70%, oh boy, you can't move so much. Yeah. That. Yeah. So now that we found the answer, <laughs> now we have to find the application. How do we get? How do we find a happy? How do you knock
3: off ten percent?
1: Yeah, you rake it. (laughs) Yeah, you rake it uh, not aggressively. Where you're beating it, (laughs) Uh, and so yes, it's 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 not just finding answers that aren't there. It's the difference between this job and working as a campus faculty member is what I love about this is we do applied research. Mm -hmm. This is stuff that's happening in the field where we can't control the circumstances. In Madison, and thank God we have them because we're dealing with some situations right now with coronavirus where we need researchers who can just focus in settings where they're not dealing with variables and and doing that basic research necessary. But uh, sometimes the two worlds don't understand one another, that uh, um, my circumstances are different as, and my goals are different as far as what I'm trying to accomplish.
0: That makes a lot of sense. All right. What projects are you working on now? What's what's going on in the world? Besides of...
3: alfalfa with snow mixtures. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what else you got going in, in the hopper? Well, it's it's Alfalfa with Snow too, and yeah. the sequel, <laughs> you know, except for The Godfather, maybe, uh, where where the sequel outdoes out the uh, original. We don't know how this will all play out, but I think that the reality is we have a ton of people that are going to be short of forage. forage yeah. And here's the problem, folks, and this is where, you know... I mentioned earlier, the first role of someone who's in a position of, of any consequence is to define reality. Unfortunately, because the margins in agriculture are so so narrow right now, farmers have two choices. You can either increase your debt load by buying feed for all the animals, or you can sell assets. And we there isn't a one size fits all solution for everyone. So we need to uh, look at um, the the each farm individually and provide advice that's going to help. In addition, um, because of all the alfalfa winter kill by being amongst others at neighboring forage council meetings and others, I've had people say, should I increase my alfalfa seeding rate? And their goal is, well, we're going to get more, more, uh, tonnage off of that new seeding. Well, autotoxicity means it's going to thin itself, whether, you, mm-hmm. whether you plan a normal rate or an extra rate. So there it's the year 2020. And there's still a need to talk about things that I did in the field here just a few years ago that can help answer some of these questions. So um, farm profitability, agricultural literacy, all of those things are are items that I continue to work on. So you're
0: saying agriculture is cyclical. You're cycling back into...
1: (laughs) It is because as I uh, sit here, I see a FFA, Seymour... um, emblem. And when I arrived at Seymour High School, it was the Future Farmers of America banner that was there. Mm -hmm. And in order to broaden the reach and the scope and have an open mind, it was changed to agricultural education. I think that uh, when it comes to to agriculture as a whole, we, we need to be able to engage and listen to the fact that we can't ignore what the public and other people are now Putting a microscope on agriculture and saying, you know, it's it's about not just producing a product, but it's trying to produce it in a way where everybody feels good about it.
2: Kevin, it's funny you talk about that uh, education and financial things. I just yesterday had a farmer meeting with a dairyman, and on Monday he sat down with his banker. And this dairyman's struggling a little bit with cash flow. He has mm-hmm. a lot of assets. Um, but his cash flow has always been tight. So we've we've always had to work through that. But yep. his banker basically looked at him and said, and mind you, this was like a boss from Chicago. So his his regular banker came and then brought this head nut from Chicago. Pretty significant. Yep. So this guy from Chicago looked at him and says, well, why don't you do what the cash croppers are doing and, and just get some insurance payments for all these crops that you're not getting? And he said, I about fell off the table, like, That's great. Like, the money is great, but I got to feed my cows something. Like, the forage has to be there to feed these cows. So there's even a disconnect in the banking world to some degree. And this guy was high up. Sure. So he probably hadn't, you know... Had been removed for a while. Yeah, he doesn't know what farming is about. But it's just that level of, like, that's great, but we have to find a way to feed our animals. So we have to take those finances, whether we buy feed or whether we rent more land. There's been a lot of land changing hands this year. And this gentleman's got somewhat of a trucking business. So he said, I got a, I've got a connection with a guy in Kansas. So he, he hauls wood down to Kansas and he brings hay back. So yep. making sure you're always loaded. Yep. Not so so empty he, he's got a plan, but it was just interesting to me to hear that, you know, they're just, well, it's just easy. Why don't you just take crop insurance and then get crop insurance for what you got to do? And it's like, that's great, but I can't feed my snowbank to my cows.
1: Right. Free free choice concrete or free choice snowball just is <laughs> no. not a real good uh, no. plan for whether it's your heifers or your cows. And I think what you're you're alluding to, Bill, is something that I see every day with the public that I interact with. The, the extension office is located in Appleton. We're in a um, highly developing and growing region of the state Um, and what people sometimes forget is all you have to do is head north. And you have Black Creek, you have Seymour, you have all these different places where agriculture is the backbone. Yet you have people who are decision makers who are so far removed that when they finally do show up at the table, um, you can't assume that they're able to put themselves in somebody else's shoes. So you're actually hearkening back to what I said about growing up on a farm was more important than the degree. Because if you can't relate to somebody, it's very hard to communicate and help them. Yeah, no, I
0: think that's, that's true in anything, that you have to be able to relate to, to other people and, and understand what they're going through no matter what. So, no, I think it's really Look good at point. Coach
1: LaFleur with the Packers and how quick we <laughs> turned that around. Yeah. Didn't that, end the way yeah. we wanted, but uh, the environment and the person delivering the message matters. That's right. So what would you say is the future of Extension as so of right now? The future is that we have less. In 2018, 24% of the employees statewide in UW Extension departed. Uh, Some were retirements, some uh, decided that this was the end of their journey and this part of their career, but long and short, we do have fewer people than we once did. I think the future of Extension is still substantial. I still think it's necessary, and the reason I say this is we have – this coronavirus going on and there are already people putting things up on the net, trying to take advantage of others. There's information and misinformation out there. One of the things I like about the University of Wisconsin extension is we're not tied to anybody. We're not tethered. We don't have to worry about anything other than saying if a farmer chooses this strategy, purchases this product or, uh, does something to alter their farm operation in this way, is it going to help? And I get asked questions where someone will say, Kevin, if I buy this, will this make this better? And if I have had experience, I share that. But a lot of times I have to say, well, I can't tell you, but if you want to do trials or if we want to test this, I'd be happy to work with you on that. And that has been uh, something that I think is important. You need to have someone Who's unbiased, um, in the crops world, the independent professional crop scouts provide a valuable service because they are not there saying I will be, I will do better if you buy this particular seed, or if you buy these particular crop protection products or these inputs. And so my job is similar in that regard that my job is to simply give the best answer based on the best available information to the person at that time.
0: Well, my next question was going to be, why should we support extension educators? But I think you just answered that. (laughs) So how can we support you, Kevin? How can not only us as agronomists, but farmers and and others in the community support extension right now?
1: I think the formula remains uh, similar in some regards to what it always has been. I've been fortunate to have a forage council that existed when I arrived here. And... I actually had somebody tell me when I began that in five years, the Forage Council will be done. It'll be over. And I thought, wow, all right, challenge accepted. And uh, uh, for years, I was the youngest person sitting at that table uh, with some of the producers. Now now it's uh, turned the other way uh, where I think that the nice thing is if you decide something's important enough, you're going to make the adjustments. We talk about intelligence quotient IQ. Oh, that person is really smart. Then we had books that came about out about EQ, emotional intelligence. You know, you can be the smartest person in the world, but if you can't get along with others or find a way to connect or convey knowledge, um, that's you, you, All that knowledge is useless. Well, there's another aspect to that, and it's the adaptability quotient, the AQ. And with extension, we have to adjust to what the decisions that people made as far as allocations and resources. We are funded by the public, and the public gets to uh, have a say with uh, the electing officials who who have oversight and have an impact on on, uh, the organization. The nice thing is that I've heard it from others, and what they appreciate about Extension here is we talk to people. We look for ideas from others because if you're only listening to yourself, you're missing something. You shouldn't be the smartest person in the room. You should have others there who know more about a topic than yourself because if you do, you're going to learn something uh, by listening to them, or they 're going to give you ideas about how to verify that and I think why we 've been successful in Oghemi County here with some of the the programs is i 've not only had independent uh, crop consultants and professionals who didn 't have a vested interest farmers. They just want to know what is it that, uh, they should do. And the only way we can answer those questions, if they open up their farms and slow down during planting and slow down during harvest. And, and so it's a bit of a headache for them. It's a, it's an interruption, but they see the value in getting that unbiased information and it's happening in our backyard. Arlington is great. The Arlington research station, world-class, wonderful. We're 10 days behind Arlington when we look at when we can put things in the ground and where we fall as far as growing degree days. So I think the formula is again, to communicate what an issue is, then find out who you can collaborate with, then see it through. And most importantly, share the results. All right.
0: Thank you. Very well said, Kevin. Thank you. I, I think, I know you mentioned forage council in, in there and, and how that's kind of changed. But I think another important thing that you've done um, that's, you know, obviously we're a little biased toward the agriculture side of things, but master gardeners, how was, what was the master gardener program like when you, you got into extension?
1: <laughs> yeah, this is, this is my John BZ was crops and soils. They, that was his working title. Um, he already knew there was an interest in Hort with the Fox cities there, but he was already heading towards the uh, latter part of his career. So when he, left the position, they changed it to 70% crops and soils, 30% horticulture, which meant for me, when I go report to the county board members who are um, part of the extension education committee, I can't have the attitude of, all right, I'll go there and tell them what I did. I have to actually show up and say, um, let me rephrase that. I shouldn't, Um, be there and uh, not be sure if I have something to share about what I did in horticulture. I have to have something there to say, here is what I've been doing to work and build this area. It's not that master gardeners weren't taught before I showed up. They were. The interim agent before that had taught a class. But what happened is once they finished the course, that was it. They acquired knowledge, but there wasn't an organization, there wasn't a newsletter, there wasn't a president, a treasury, any of that stuff. So I guess uh, what I'm proud of is that in the time that was allocated for me, I uh, helped establish those things, put together bylaws, and uh, through my efforts, others saw, hey, this could be something that's really good for the the uh, community, and not just Outagamie, but the surrounding Fox Cities and and statewide. So um, I'm happy to to say, and it's something that I feel good about. Over the last twenty years, uh, the Outagamie County Master Gardener Association has volunteered one hundred and fifty thousand hours of support services and a lot of that is outreach they're going out in the community they're teaching assisting helping sharing horticultural information so just like we talk about in agriculture about wanting to have the right information and answers it's more important in agriculture because it's your livelihood but with master gardeners while many of them are residential we do have some people in commercial and that that's important because the same would apply to those people that it impacts their business but I think the word work-life balance was something that didn't exist when mm-hmm. no. we were growing up. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's that's, and now that, the that's how the balance
3: was that the same as what you yeah. get today. Yeah,
1: it's it goes back to adulting. Again, yes. Yeah. That we didn't call things the same no. way, and maybe there there is a greater need for some of that as circumstances change. But long and short of it is, I. There are a lot of people that work their career and they take the class as a capstone because they want to be around people with the same mindset. They have an attitude of wanting to give back. There is no other office in the state, as far as extension, that I would want to be in other than right here in Outagame County. And part of it is the, the, it, the duality that I've had the opportunity to work with the straight production ag. But also when I taught at Seymour High School, horticulture was an emerging field. And I have students who earned a PhD in that field and are now um, very highly respected in there. So when it comes to the master gardeners, that harm 50,000 hours is valued at $3 million. Because they're not just volunteers they're trained they take a test they have to pass it they have to provide support time back so um, it helps a person sleep a little better at night when you know you're not just doing your job as far as keeping people in business but you can also think wow there were people impacted um, who want to bend unless we organize these volunteers and and move them in that direction
0: yeah no I think that's great and I think two not knowing a whole lot about Master Gardeners before we move into our next section. You have rural and you have city people in that, so you're, you're melding communities that we don't always get in agriculture that I think is a good way to educate too. So
1: You're right. With the agricultural literacy, I have done sessions simply for them, and some of their jaws hit the ground when I did these talks back in 2009, saying, here's what it's like to plant an acre of corn. And I had people say, I think you have a typo. It's, it's $60 an acre, <laughs> not $600 an acre to plant corn, Kevin. Ah, I'm so glad you showed up today. Yeah. And so, yes, it's, it's provided an opportunity to um, – I think it comes down to trust. When, when you find a source or um, a place where you know you can get as close to the truth or as honest an an, of an answer as you can – that is something that is, is underrated or sometimes overlooked nowadays with the speed at which things move. Everybody wants it. Uh, now, yesterday, you're, you're late even if you're on time. Yep. Yeah. So I think that uh, uh, the nice thing about um, the duality has, has been just that because uh, good people are good people. I don't fault those folks for uh, not growing up on a farm. They even got annoyed with me when I told them, you know, the nice thing about growing up on a farm is you develop work ethic and, uh, you know, nobody works harder than farmers. Some took, took uh, a <laughs> question to that and uh, they were right. You don't have to grow up on a farm to know how to work hard. And uh, I think it's always about uh, looking at a different perspective than just our own. All right. Now, that's Kevin. A,
3: that's a good segue into our rapid-fire yep. questions because we, we want it, it now. If you're right with yeah,
1: it, yeah, yeah. we're going we're gonna to we're force gonna, you into that now. Oh, so. I get things thrown at me all the time at a rapid rate. I've, I've gotten very good at uh, being flexible and dodging so I don't uh, uh, get hit too hard. you can dodge a ball, you can dodge a wrench. That's right. That's awesome. Perfect, Bill. All right. Here we go. What's your favorite tractor, make, and model? Alice Chalmers, 185. Ooh, cab or no cab? Open station. <laughs> <Okay>. All right. feet <laughs> Feed pile bunker bag or silo boy it depends on the situation see now you're you're it's quick, it's quick answer Kevin, it's i'm rapid. gonna say i'm going to say the cheapest if it's done right a pile
0: all right nice. twin row 20 inches row 15 inch row 30 inch row or 60 inch row
1: i can say that it's not gonna be twin row um i'm gonna go with 30 row 30 inch all right so
3: now 60s is in there too we had yeah. to
1: that just
2: that's cover crop yeah. Yep. Sixties and cover. Yep. No
0: till or conventional till.
1: Boy, after this last year, people were able to harvest the corn out of the no-till ground a lot better than the uh, other. So my my answer is going to be biased and go that way. All right. Over under on rainfall inches. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at a map here that shows uh, the NOAA says we're going to be above normal for April, May, and June. Oh. So. Ouch. Matt, I'm yeah. going to say 45. Oh, Ooh, all right. What do we have last year? 49. It was uh, more than 45. Wow, Yeah. yeah.
0: Who won the Super Bowl?
1: Oh, come on. if you're if you're a fan <laughs> and you own stock, it's the Packers. <laughs> so. there there period. Go. Yeah, yeah, Pat, that's go. not
3: even a question, is it? That's yeah, like a statement. Yeah. Yeah. Statement of
0: fact right there. Who was the fantasy football champion last year?
1: Oh, that would have been uh, Nathan Nicey, and Nate Nate has his team name that uh, is a derivative of my name, and so uh, yeah, I'll be looking forward to uh, um, having a rematch there. And everybody
0: Uh, in the league thinks his his team is you, right? Because it's got your name in it. So, Uh, favorite Packer,
1: Vince Lombardi.
3: who can we do? Coach? Is that fair?
0: Yeah. Oh, player. Player. Yeah. Let's do player. It. Yeah. yeah, I do, I yeah
1: now do favorite player. Yeah. Boy, Leroy. Yeah. You know Reggie? what? You know the but- sat next to him, right? The butler. The Butler did it, and the nice thing is the the about butler did uh, it. the Butler. The playing clue. The Butler did it. I <laughs> sat next to him, and what uh, was his weapon? Lambo leap. Yeah. Yes. Right. <laughs> the sack.
0: Leroy Butler in Lambo field with a lambo leap. Leroy is the man. Yeah. All right. Famous person you've met?
1: I met Bill Clinton. Well, all right.
0: Before or after Monica?
1: Um, before it was known, and, uh, yes, I checked the timing on this, and, uh, um, Probably was not the best time to meet him because of uh, how things <laughs> were going to deteriorate from there. That's not your fault. <laughs> yeah. You, you, it, he's a famous person, so there's there's nothing more of that I can say than that.
0: All right. And the last one. I'll let you take a drink. Go ahead. He's, he's, You're going to clarify that this isn't alcohol, right? Yeah, no. no, no well, the, the question <laughs> is alcohol. Favorite mixed drink?
1: Amaretto sour. <laughs> how did I know that was going to Slam
0: dunk Yep, slam dunk. So there we go. That has been our interview with Kevin Jarek. Thank you for being here, Kevin. Uh, thank you for all you do. In extension, I think we've all been proud to work with you these last few years. I mean, some of us longer than others, obviously. Bill Brown, 1995,
1: but- No, oh, I appreciate the invite, and uh, this is this is neat because the thing about agriculture is it's so dynamic. Things change, and we're doing something today that. Uh, goes along with that as far as how people consume information, if there's information out there, but it's not in a form that somebody can catch it in an easy, uh, quick, flexible manner. There is no more appointment television. Everything is available and it's just carving the time out to do it. So appreciate this. Hope I can come back again sometime.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Sure. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you guys for yep, being here with Matt. us and listening to our podcast. Remember. If you're interested in the podcast, you can subscribe to our podcast and go to our Facebook page and Twitter page at Tilt Talk Radio. So thanks for listening. And as always, happy farming.